What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co-host, Rich Houck, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is Saturday, February 4th. Still have the Senior Bowl getting ready to happen later tonight. We are going to pick up where we left off at the end of last episode. We're just talking about the coaching changes and coordinator changes across the league and kind of the fantasy fallout from there. do have a little bit of breaking news relating to that. We just found out that Brian Schottenheimer was named the offensive coordinator for Dallas Cowboys, replacing Kellen Moore, who we talked about in last episode, has gone to the Los Angeles Chargers. That's a great hire. Yeah, that's a great hire. Love to say it. You do. You love to see that as an Eagles fan. <laughs> Good luck with that. So, Rich is a big fan of Brian Schottenheimer. Well, has a career win-loss record of 172 to 180 with one tie. So, career losing record. Going to the... You gotta give him a little bit of credit. He had a decent run with Seattle. But, yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, you know, the Jets' offenses weren't that great. His Rams' offenses weren't that great. I think what we're back at is that He's not going to be the scapegoat for Mike McCarthy next year when the no, Cowboys collapse. So. Yeah. McCarthy will be calling the plays, they say. So. so they didn't bring in one of these hot young guys with a new strategy or something that he could trade. They brought in Brian Schottenheimer. So, again, I, I just I think, like you said, Mike McCarthy's really going to be on the hook for a lot of things next year. As much as everybody talked about it going into this year, I think he might actually be on that pressure next year. That's everything we had. Anything else as far as that goes with Dallas? Or just want to hop into some of the bigger moves that we didn't get to last time? Carolina. We could just. We uh, we we got to Carolina last time. We (laughs) got sidetracked with Carolina last time. I mean, these things happen, you know? Podcasts are fluid. Yeah, exactly. Where should we start off today, then? We're going to start off with the Denver Broncos, who fired head coach Nathaniel Hackett after one season. They fired him on December 26th. The team was 4 and get a full season. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the team was 4 and 11 at that point, so. Merry Christmas. Aww. Part of why. They did it after Christmas, so he was able to enjoy Christmas. That's nice. He probably wanted to be fired beforehand anyway, so he didn't have to worry about it. As an NFL head coach. Yeah, there you go. On Christmas. Bright side. Made it, what, a calendar year, right? It is. a hard job, then. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a hard job. We wouldn't last. I'm not saying we would. I wouldn't last as the ball boy. It's too cold. So now... Part of the speculation was that last year when Hack was brought in was that they had brought him in as part of the way to try to lure Aaron Rodgers over to the Broncos because he was trying to hit free agency. I did see that. And then then the Jets did the same thing. So the Jets brought him in as the offensive coordinator. And now there's talk that maybe they did that for the same reason. (laughs) How much of that is all speculation from the first time around now, though, is, is, you know... Watch him go with the hack at this time. But yeah. so then there's the other storyline of, well, Brett Favre did the th- same thing where he left the Packers and he went to the Jets for it and didn't have it. It's like, is Rodgers really going to want to do the same thing? So that would be interesting. I don't think Rodgers, now the Braves retired, we don't think Rodgers is going to no, retire. Gonna play again. So he's going to play next season. You got some problems if you're the Green Bay Packers from that standpoint because Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon all set to hit free agency. Aaron Roger or Aaron Jones cap number shoots it's, up next season, so it's time for them to reset. They need to, uh, yeah. So does Aaron Rodgers want to stay there while they're resetting? Is he good enough to run it back with you know Romeo Dobbs and 
Christian Watson as the only two top guys there, really. So If you're Aaron Rodgers, why would you do that? If the Jets are, are open and willing, is that not a better situation? It they sure looks like defense, one. They have better playmakers. Yeah. What I find interesting about this is that, like, you know, the Jets, so the Jets got rid of Mike LaFleur as their offensive coordinator, and they were upset with the offensive performance where they were 28th and 29th in points per game the past two seasons. So in 2021, they were 28th, and in 2022, they were 29th. Well, uh, Nathaniel Hackett was had the Denver Broncos at 32nd in points per game last season. Yeah. The argument is some guys are only meant to be coordinators. Right, and he was, you know, he had too much on his plate and got overwhelmed. Could be, dude. It's, you, know? I, you see it all the time. You do. You do. And, I mean, as far as the Jets and Rodgers thing goes, Mike White and Joe Flacco both free agents, so you're left just with Zach Wilson unless you bring one of those guys back, which is part of the reason why, you know, they need a quarterback, so they've got to do something at that position. Absolutely. Do you really want to draft a guy at this point as well? And then, because then the problem with that is his contract will probably start becoming due right around the time you've got to pay Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. And but the issue is, like, you got you got a Ferrari right now, man, and you need a driver. You can't put a baby in there. You know, you, you don't know he's going to be able to drive it. Unless it's yeah. a very well-trained baby. Well, you got to have a lot of confidence. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how how often is, is that the case? Right. Like, uh, with the teams that are, that are built like that, a lot of times they want to go the route of a veteran. Absolutely. So it makes a lot yeah. of sense. I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers is the veteran, though. We've got the two options that I see as possibilities are, uh, you know, guys like Jimmy G Jimmy or G Derek makes Carr. Makes a lot of sense. Car makes sense. Bring them there. Bring them there as guys where it's like, you know, we've seen with Jimmy G where if you put him in the right offense with enough around him, he doesn't necessarily, you know, he can do enough where he's not going to make mistakes to cost you, cost the game. And that, I mean, they were doing well with that last season when they had Mike White and Joe Flacco out there. You didn't need to put the game on your. Mike White didn't need to carry the whole offense. You just go out there and run the offense like a normal offense and just do it at least average and just don't turn the ball over. So if you had the choice. Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy G, who are you taking? Aaron Rodgers. I, yeah. The Jets are going to feel the same. He brings an element that the other guys don't. He's more dynamic. Mm-hmm. Who, Aaron Rodgers? Better. Yeah, Rodgers. Just better. You know, he, he can drop back and win you a game, dropping back. You know, we always talk about it. Jimmy G really can't. He plays off the play action, and he needs that. He's got more of a mama mentality. Uh, Aaron, so, Ayahuasca Aaron does. I mean, the Jets are currently a million over the cap. I mean, well, that's well, easy to get available. Jimmy, and Jimmy make... G is the only quarterback left in the league with multiple. Oh, okay. With multiple I saw players. that stat as well. You saw, hey, all right, yeah, put a little respect stat. on Jimmy G's name. I'm sorry. All right, he backed up the GOAT, so he got some ranks. Yeah, true. <laughs> if you're the Jets, though, how much do you? How much of the team you have built are you going to lose if you bring in Aaron Rodgers? Because they're currently a, a little uh, about a million, two million over the cap. So they already need to shed some cap space, and you bring in Rodgers with his contract of, what, like $50 million a year or something at this point, $48, $49, something like that? Isn't that what he's getting? You're going to suck that up. like that, yeah. So, I mean, you're going to lose part of what your team is. That's why I think you could bring in a Derek Carr or Jimmy G on a much cheaper contract and not have to lose as much as the of the team you already have built around you, which is why I kind of see those guys as a better fit. And if that's the case, you know, I think Garrett Wilson should be, you know, around the top 15 wide receiver going next year. Like, if they could find a quarterback, a competent quarterback, get there, I think, like we talked about before, we were high on Garrett Wilson. I think he should be going as a, you know, a top 15, borderline top 15 wide receiver. 
And then it's really a matter of, you know, what's going to, how long, how is Brees Hall looking? We're not going to know that for a little while, so it's hard to speculate on that. But I don't imagine a whole lot of other changes there. It's really just a quarterback situation with them. But I would be trying to acquire Garrett Wilson if I could from people out there. Absolutely. He's, he's a buy. I mean, I mean he's yeah. not going to come cheap, but no. he's a buy. Yeah, I mean, I mean Corey, it's, it looks like Corey Davis might be a cuttable option that could free up maybe. Yeah, I mean, he only carries a $666,000 uh, dead cap hit. So how much do they free up if they lose him? Yeah, it, it frees up like $10 million. Um, Okay. Rogers' cap, net, cap hit at the moment is $31.5 million. Okay. But that's another current contract. It's also assuming that he's on the Packers. So, like, you know, there's a whole deal with, like, they're going to – if. You say you know, he could restructure too. Yeah, he would have to restructure in order to make a trade happen because they'd be on the hook for a lot of money if they cut him or traded him under the first one. So if the Packers trade him pre June first, they're they're it's an additional nine million cap hit. They could trade him post June first; it'd only be a sixteen million dollar cap hit for them. But then it's still a huge cap hit for the just. It just seems like an easier route is go to Jimmy G or Derek Carr because you could also have them there for maybe a few more years. Uh, you know, while you develop another quarterback or, or, you know, you grab a guy in a second round or something hoping to bring him up as opposed to trying to dra- spending another first-round pick on a quarterback or bringing Aaron Rodgers for – and it's like Aaron Rodgers comes in, wins a Super Bowl with him this year, and then he retires, and you're back to square one. You yeah, know what I mean? you won a Super Bowl, so it's good. I mean, you're telling me if, if – have the Jets ever – when was the last time the Jets won a Super Bowl? It's been a while. I don't. They haven't won a playoff game in in a while, so I can tell you that much. I don't think they won a playoff game in over a decade. I'm so. saying, like if 1969 was the last time they won a Super Bowl. Tell me they wouldn't sacrifice another five or six years of rebuild if you were to tell them next year they win it. But it wouldn't even be. It would be like you know you you were at a position where you could have built something lasting and you built something just for one year and then you know you're kind of wasting yeah, Brees Hall. You're wasting the rest of Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson's career, and. You know, Sauce's career and things like that. And it's like, you you know, as opposed to getting maybe somebody a little younger or I don't know. You know if they do that and it doesn't work out, then it really sucks. But if they're, if they're able to pull it off and win a Super Bowl, it's all worth all right. it. So, you get the ultimate goal. Yeah. Okay, but either way, regardless of whether they get... If they get any one of those three veteran quarterbacks, though, we're opti- we're very high on Garrett Wilson next year, no, right? Garrett Wilson, yeah, no, anyway. Garrett I mean, Wilson, regardless. I, there's no way in my mind that Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback of the New York Jets next year. There's not a chance. Uh-oh. So that means I'll Garrett Wilson stocks up. Yeah. Because anybody can come in there and throw the ball to that stuff. Yeah, Mike White. Like, it, it's just Zach Wilson can't do it. Yeah, Mike White. He stinks. Die. Yeah. But, but, you know, any competent quarterback can feed the ball to the state. A 70-year-old Joe Flacco came in and was feeding him. Wait, the Donald like, return tour. Whoa. 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 If Corey Davis is a potential cap casualty, are you interested in Elijah Moore or anything else? I mean, we'll need to see what the offense is going to support. I mean, I'm not comfortable. I wouldn't. I, I, no, not really. So, yeah. Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson is going to, yeah. yeah. Garrett Wilson is talented enough that his He's the QB play, yeah, he should be. But Unless when you it's get it, Zach Wilson. Yeah. That, there's no way. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. Like, Elijah Moore is, but that's a different case because he's not, you don't know what's going to be available for him, and the QB situation will just, affect him. I don't know how they could possibly. You're the head coach, and every every player on the team tells you that that guy shouldn't be playing quarterback. How can you look those other men in the eye and play him as a quarterback? Right. But they all know that he shouldn't be playing, and you know he shouldn't be playing. 
Yep. And then and you're supposed to tell them that we're doing this out of like we're really trying to compete. We're like, no, dude, like how that's how you lose a locker room. Absolutely. Be honest, like, they're grown men. You gotta be you be real. Yeah. Well I'll they, see. They can see it. Yeah. They've been around the game for their whole life. They know who can play and who can't. Hey man, these guys are they are young. Every you know, they do mature quickly. Uh you know, especially a lot a lot of times, you know, in the offseason they they guys that are younger come back as different people. We'll say. We'll say. If it, it would have happened yeah. at some point this season. For yeah, him, you would think. You he would got think. dragged super heavy. And, like, I, at what yeah. point like, like, do you stop passing the buck? Right. Like, is it? Oh, hey, it, it ain't everybody else, man. It ain't. Like, Not everybody's you built to be a, a You can mature like Brandon Ayuk, or you can fade into obscurity like Trey Sermon. Whoa. Whoa. Dude, Whoa. Sermon catching crazy out of here. Like that. He's, he's a Philadelphia he Eagle. He's a bird, Come dude. on. He's a bird. <laughs> I'm just saying, talking about two guys that got punished for immaturity. One of them bounced back. The other one, I didn't even know he was still yeah, on our Trey team. Sermon, uh, ball production. He's gonna have a special teams uh, block. Like he doesn't even play. He's on the practice squad. Oh, is it? Is that? Is that? Yeah. inactive. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm glad we got him up. <laughs> no. No. Huh? Do not do that. <laughs> I'm glad we got Rich all fired up for this. So let's jump back. We So we're talking about Hackett because he ended up going to New York Jets. But we were starting with he got fired from the Denver Broncos. They had, you know, Jerry Rosenberg, a senior assistant, fill in for the last two games. But the big deal is they have since acquired Sean Payton to be their new head coach. They traded their first-round pick. Well, not their first-round pick. The San Francisco 49ers first-round pick. So this is how this pick worked. This pick was originally the my was originally the 49ers who then traded it to the Miami Dolphins as part of the trade to get Trey Lance. The Dolphins end up trading this to trade it away to, to Denver for to, Bradley Chubb. For Bradley Chubb and then Denver trades it away to the New Orleans Saints to acquire Sean Payton. They also traded a second round pick next year and they will receive a third round pick back next year in this trade. This is a lot of capital to give up for a coach. So I mean, they could use a little help on the offensive line, but everything else seems to be in place. So I, I get the the why you do it. I understand it. They're losing some running backs there, and I mean, after letting Melvin Gordon go, they really don't have do much. Really it's just Javante Williams. Do you really lose anything? No disrespect. Okay. So like at this point, is so are um, you losing anything or are you gaining something? So I'm sorry. They don't. Himself? Besides an in, besides <laughs> Javante Williams, who may not be ready to start the season, they don't have anything in the running back room. So let, let's not say they're losing yes, anything. They don't they have don't anything, have anything yes. in the room. So that needs to be addressed. I think there could be a move like a Rashad Penny or a Damian Harris to come in and maybe hold the load a little bit until Javante Williams Kareem is back. Hunt. And then and that's another one, Kareem Hunt. I think somebody like that, if you're optimistic about I mean, those it guys. It would make a lot of sense. Sean Payton likes to throw uh, passes to the running back, and Hunt could really fit that. What do you think about the compensation? have a lot of tread on his tires. So, what do you think about the compensation to get Sean Payton, though, the first, I, second round? I for think it's third? a lot. I think it's a I lot. Think Are you, could, there's a lot of these running backs. Like You could create pretty interesting dynamic uh, running back rooms. Yeah. Maybe you don't have stars, but like you know, you're gonna go by committee anyway. I don't know. Yeah, like Derek McKinnon running behind Javante yeah. Williams or something. And McKinnon's best bet to remain fantasy relevant. To stay with the Kansas Chiefs. City. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wasn't even talking for, for them to be fantasy relevant. Just I just meant from like a team to what like what they do. Might bring in a guy who's a pass catching back to kind of co- maybe compliment Javante Williams if they go. But again, he's not going to be ready to start the season, so you still need somebody who can carry the load to start the season. So that would require two small moves. They just P-Ride. make one medium sized move. You're right. Yeah. 
Alexander Madison, maybe. Yeah, there's a lot. It's going to be, we'll, we'll have draft, to too. You never know, man. Yeah. You never know. Just is Jav- How's Javante's knee? Yeah. They got more information than any of us possibly so, could. So maybe they take a guy. Absolutely. So, so there's a lot of nervousness or a lot of uncertainty then around Javante Williams and that off. So where are we at with Javante Williams then, I guess, is the biggest thing we could talk about from wait this standpoint. Yeah, yeah, wait and see. If we're not making any moves, do you acquire or get rid of it's, him at this no, point? Dude, I think yeah. you from can't what, predict it at all. No, you can't. Yeah. The stuff that I've, I've been seeing is it's kind of similar to J.K. Dobbins' injury. They were kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And that was clearly like a... a Two years. Yes, two that's year exactly deal. what it is. So yeah. Like, if, if you want to get out, might it might be time to get out now, so that you don't like. I mean, it depends on what you want to do. Like, can you wait a year? Can you I wait guess? a year? Exactly. Are you okay waiting? Yeah. Are you okay with being, yeah. yeah? Are you okay with stashing for a year? Which is fine if you if you're not going to compete this year, and you're okay with stashing. I'm like, I mean, that's how this year ended up being for me for to my guys it was like alright well I guess I have to hold them at this point I'm not mm-hmm. gonna I'm not gonna send them out I mean I'm, I'm bombing out of the Bateman yeah like oh no uh, Akers and Dobbins oh yeah like I had to hold them and Bateman as well Bateman might like yeah you don't know with him but you never know Maybe. it's it's like I didn't want to get rid of them at the point where it was like okay now they're starting to come they're back and, at their floor yeah, it's like, yeah. exactly so and now they're going to be completely healthy Akers looked a lot better at the end of the season I don't know what was going on with that that's that's an approach. That's like a combo of Ayuk and Dobbins on together. What well, happens on. when you keep playing the wrong guy? <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, so whatever. I don't want to go too far Take down notes. that road. Take notes, Jets. And they kept trying to force Daryl Henderson in there when you know. Well, we know who he is. He's still working back from the injury. Yes, Akers is clearly the better back. Yes, and, the better back. and not only that, we've known Daryl Henderson is for three or four years yeah. now. It's like, funny. We go back check the tape and like. You just know what Sean McVay wants to do. You can check them saying take Henderson over Akers, even though now I'm saying Akers is the better running back. But it's just like don't make any sense sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean I, I understand you guys have. They got their guys, yeah, you know. Guys, you got yeah. their guys that you like, and yeah, whatever. Let's uh, what 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 we got? So, yeah, they don't, and I mean not much more for the Broncos. They really they don't have a pick until the third round, so there's not a whole lot that's going to change from their skill position, which is why we were talking about those running backs and. For, I think Jerry Judy's a good buy opportunity. Dude, yeah, I do too. I, I like and Judy. I think Russell Wilson's a great buy low. If somebody's willing to, yeah, to I heard borrow them at a decent price. I mean, that's that's Tim Packer coming back this year. I heard something in a podcast recently from one of those you know so called professionals out there where like they just said something briefly but didn't elaborate on it where. Th- and I felt like it was directed to you where it was like you know well that's if he's still on the team they might trade and I was like. I was like, the only two people they could have been talking about were Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. So I was like, it doesn't make sense for either one of those things to, to happen. Trade Sutton with the contract. Exactly. Anyway. That's what I'm saying. I was like, why would you trade Judy away when he's still on the rookie contract and cheap? And it's like, what are you going to get back for him well, that's going to be better than like having him on the team? You know what I? And I think because he's in the final year of his rookie contract is one of those things where if they trade him or if they keep him, they're on the hook for the full, you know what I mean, the full thing, so it doesn't make any sense. Or I think they, she said she was going to be cut is what it was. It was like, cut him. I was like, cutting him doesn't make any sense. It was That was a cut. It was a cut, not a trade. And they were like, cut. I was like, you ain't, I was like, you're not cutting him. You're not cutting either one of them. Who's cut? You're not cutting Tim Patrick either because you just signed him to a deal. It's like, all three of those wide receivers will be back next year. Like, that's not, 
It's, it's a prime opportunity to get it on Judy. If I, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have $9 million in cap space, too, so it's not like they have to I, cut I into the same cap space. For them, no. Because yeah. you still run that risk of what if it's what if it really is Russ and Sean Payton that can't he, fix that. He falls into a very weird spot of, like, I'm not paying more than, like, a very late-end for, first. And only if I'm at, in, in a position where I'm... Like, maybe I'll give you, like, a, a back-end 24. I'm not giving you a first. Like, I don't particularly think I want to give you a 23 first for Judy. It's, like, like it, I got But, like, I'm not selling him for, like, less than I mean, that. It's, it's tough yeah. because the back-end of the draft, it's normally, like, this class seems to be a bit more deep. Yeah. And, it, mm-hmm. and like, it's kind of, it's tough to... Necessarily, when you're sitting in, the, in yeah. the back of the first round, and yes. all the the easy picks have been taken, and you're yes. looking at like eight, nine yeah. possible guys who are all in the same tier, and knowing the odds of hitting, yeah, and what they are, it's like, do you feel confident taking that shot? Right. It's like sometimes I'm just like, man, man, if I flip ten, then for Jerry Judy, like one ten or you know one eleven or one twelve, if you're in a twelve team league. For a Judy, like if the owner, other teams wanted that, why not? I mean, yep. you're, you know what you're getting already. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's it's a much bigger variable. Like you're, you once you because I know we looked at the stats and like once you get to like eight, typically like eight, nine, ten, eleven, yeah. like those, that's where it starts getting dicey. But this it year, get especially super dicey. That, yeah. that 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 second group, the yeah. third group of guys, there's just like there's. You know, it'll it'll dwindle down right after the combine right. and draft. after the NFL draft. But like looking at it right now, it's like, dang man, I'm looking at these names, like how am I supposed to pick one of the? Like, I'm sitting here at one ten, like that you could cross off seven of them easy. Like all right, these dudes will probably be gone. Right, like, that's pretty easy. And then you start looking at the next guys, it's like it's a crapshoot. But like you know, something's coming out of there. There's going to be players out of that group yeah. that are guys. But which one? Which ones are? It's difficult, and so I, I wouldn't fault you for taking the the known quantity. Yeah, me neither. But I just think I don't think we know what the max or what the ceiling of Jerry. So I guess what I was gonna say is like I could realistically see something where like Jerry Judy's season goes where he's used not to the same level, but in like a Michael Thomas role where he's just coming across the middle. And he's just catching four or five yeah. slants every game for eight, nine yards yeah. a catch. And eight, that's just a slant machine. Nine yards and a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I feel a lot better about him this year than I did last year going into it. Um, yeah, we, were, I, we were known Judy haters well, last year. We, a lot of it was the troll rye. Yeah, a lot of it was the troll rye. But I'm going to let that one go this yeah. year. <laughs> That's also because at this point I have to I have to reel back I the optimism. I don't, ever, I, don't, I don't ever have to. Yeah, yeah. We, I think what we've done is we landed in a nice middle ground. Yeah, yeah. We, we were way too low. We were a little too high. We're, we're, we're right where we should be. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Now Corlin Sutton, he'll be on the bench. Uh, Tim Patrick, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe Sean Payton is a dynamic offense. Hoping two pass catchers yeah. can emerge in this offense. And I don't want to be Tim Patrick, who will also be. It'll be uh, that's what it'll be. It'll be week to week. The other guy will be whoever I start. Don't, like, don't snooze on Greg Dolchik. No, you're right. Don't, don't snooze on I'm Greg Dolchik. I'm not sleepy. I'm not even sleepy yet. <laughs> Moving on to the Houston Texans, who fired head coach Lovey Smith on January 8th, just a few hours after their final game of the season. On the Broncos. Just to, uh, <laughs> that's why I just moved us along. We're, we're very invested in them. <laughs> we are. 
So, Lovey Smith uh, decided to win the Week 18 matchup against the Indianapolis Colts, which cost the Texans the first overall pick. So now they have the second overall pick in the draft, which means they potentially have to compete with a team to move up to get the quarterback they want, or they could sit where they're at. They or they could possibly be fired before the game started. Yeah, I think that's where we came down on. They shouldn't have told the man that because at that point, why not, you know? I think he knew he was done, even if they didn't tell him. I think he kind of knew that he wasn't right, going to be the back. Wall, man. He could tell. Yeah, so like you said, they should have got rid of him before the final game so the interim head coach could come in and lose the game for them, and they could have just gotten the first overall pick. But now the question is, do you think the Texans are even ready to take a quarterback in that situation? or I mean, they have to. You can't, uh, can't run it back with Davis Mills? No, because there's... Again, some freak thing could happen to keep you out of that spot, like, you know? All right, so they brought in D'Amico Ryans to be their head coach. They seem to have really wanted him. This is after two years. They gave him a fully guaranteed contract. They had to because this is the second year in a row they fired a coach after one season. He could run a great – just say they – you know, he gets that defense right to where the defense is just keeping them in games. And, they're, you know, then all of a sudden they're, they're a six-win team instead of, you know, a two- or a three-win team now, and they're not touching top five picks anymore. You know, they're, on, they're in that, that six- to ten range. It's like you got to – you probably got to take the cue, even if you have to trade up at this point. Yep. So, and for anyone who doesn't know, for uh, D'Amico Ryan's was the 49ers DC for last season, and I think a few before that as well. Yeah. So, fantasy relevant part from this though is. Brandon Cooks wants out. We know that from this past season. He wanted to get traded before the deadline. He was disappointed when he wasn't. He didn't play for a few games because he was upset that he didn't get traded. So that leaves the Houston Texans with. How do you think he feels about the script? Oh, oh my gosh! I, uh, Every year he's like, oh. "You're gonna get traded again." He doesn't. Need, he doesn't need the script. He knows what's gonna happen. Trade it. In my more casual, like not super casual, but my more casual redraft league, I was like, Brandon Cooks is such a clever pick this year. I'm so much smarter than everybody else. I was rubbing my so hands. consistently getting 12 points. Yeah, I, I, I like got probably you know a dollar or like yeah. bucks like at the end of the draft. Maybe not a dollar, but like super low value. I'm like, I am so much better. And he just. Dude, I'm stupid. I, I hate I hate this game. I hate myself. That leaves us with Nico Collins, John Mechie, and the Houston Texans have the third overall and the twelfth overall pick due yeah, to trades strange. with Cleveland. Quarterback and wide receiver. You Screams think so? You don't think they're going to address defense or O line or anything with either of those or no defense? Really? You don't think they'll grab like Will Anderson third? They're going to definitely take a quarterback. I think they have to. Okay. Really do, but maybe and then you think the comes a so, guy, maybe he's so realistically then for taking quarterback it's going to be the third picker earlier right and because I mean if you just think about it too it makes sense take a quarterback with the third pick which is right around where they should be going and then take a wide receiver with the 12th pick because you really shouldn't be taking a wide receiver earlier and that 12 might even be a little early for the top wide you know it depends I mean you know was Jamar how they test the fourth overall pick I think so are you saying? Do you, but sometimes the receiver's worth it. Sometimes they're not. I'm not saying that they. Uh, the question is, I don't think that there's a guy in this class that's like a Jamar no, Chase. No, no, there's not. Or anything like so. That's what I'm saying. Where yes, and Jamar Chase was what the eighth pick or something like yeah, that. Seven. He was top five. Was he? he was top five I thought pick. he was seventh. Yeah. Okay. He was top five pick. All right. So the point is, uh, we think that there's probably going to be a wide receiver going to them either with that, you know, second first round pick, or they do have pick thirty three as well. You want fifth overall? Fifth. Okay. So, 
Again, I just don't think, like, you know, the top guys right now are, you know, who Jackson Smith and Jigba and, you know, Quentin Johnson, those guys. I don't know that they're at the same level or they're going to be viewed at the same level as those guys. So I think, you know, more of like where... Madison, uh, they, they, they project... They, they, the way it's like the mock community's talking about them and the professional talent evaluators, they see them more as like mid to late first round picks. Versus like top hit, but I think they'll get picks. boosted up for especially if you're a team that needs wide receivers, which a lot of teams do, which is kind of what I'm saying. So, what's our big feeling then? How how do we feel? So, I guess Nico Collins is the biggest guy to be impacted because he's standing at the most a game with Brandon Cooks leaving and taking the number one role. Then are we in on Nico Collins? Do you think like we said they're going to take a wide receiver who's going to come in and actually be that number one or compete for that number one spot? Are we worried about John Mechie coming up at all? Where are we at on the on the overall Ooh, outlook? John Mechie. John Mechie, we'll see. Is there a rookie draft of last year? Right, I know, I know who he is. So he tore his ACL at the end of in like college a, football yeah. season two years ago. Right. And then after he drafted, he, Red yes, shirt. he got cancer. cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how his health is. It's tough to say. I I, yeah, this is going to be – that's good, like, There's dude, no I'm, way they're not drafting a dude. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. free agent. There's no way one of them – someone's not – There is not, like, any sort of – like Especially if they draft the quarterback. Like if they take the quarterback top, and they, it might be a free agent they bring in. It's going to be really not when they're taking a quarterback, but there's no way they're going to send him out there with Nico Collins and Nico would, Collins. Yeah, as much as awesome stories it would be for Mackie to come in and like be a producing like it, it's just already incredible that he's already gotten as far as he is, and he's still in the league. And like you know, uh, during the year uh, I was reading up on him, reports that he was in uh, the. Uh, training facility every day, you know, working on his health, not playing football, but working on his health, working with the team is super awesome to say. But in reality, to get to suffer an injury at the end of college, and he's not like, he wasn't, you know, one of those guaranteed, like, going to be a game-breaker dudes coming to the NFL. To get injured and then get sick and to work through all that is, it is a mountain to overcome realistically as far as being a fantasy-relevant wide receiver this year especially for sure especially this year and like I think what you said is they see that from a realistic standpoint as well like you know we need to bring somebody else in as well and hope that you know long term he could still be yeah he gets his you know gets his feedback under him this year and yeah but it's definitely a great season. story. Yeah, it's a super interesting thing to keep following as well. Absolutely. Root for him. Yeah. So I guess to wrap it up then with the fantasy thought then. So the number one wide receiver for the Houston Texans is Nico Collins or their draft pick? If they get rid of Brandon Cooks. Well, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking – I'm assuming Brandon Cooks is gone. I mean, so I was asking you, do you think the more likely outcome is Nico Collins as the number one wide receiver for the Texans at the end of the year? Or do you think that the rookie they draft will end up being the guy that you'd be more – um, I think they bring in two guys, a free agent and a rookie. That's my prediction. Do you think the rookie will be serious competition? I guess the more I'm trying to fall into where are we at with Nico Collins, because there was talk about last up. year of him as a sleeper guy. He's got the leg are up we, competition. Okay, but again, is your expectation that he'll emerge as that number one receiver? Would you be more interested in buying or selling, or is he just does not really draw any interest from you in any way, shape, or form? Um, it's a situational, a situation depending on how it turns out. Right, if they take if they take a wide receiver twelve, um, give me him over Nico. Cohen. Okay, that's I guess what week. I was getting. At. Like if they bring in, if they pay for you know a top wide receiver, you know if they bring in a Juju, give me a Juju over. Um, 
Oh, is his name escaping me at the moment? Nico Collins. Yes, Nico Collins. You know, See, I don't know if I would take Juju over Nico, but I think that's one of those situations where if they bring in a Juju or something like that, I don't know that I really want either of the guys is kind of where I think I fall in. Yeah, I, I'm not what, saying that they have do, but if you make me choose, you know, I'll take... They have pick 33 as well. What if pick 33 is the wide receiver? Harder to decide who's going to be... Maybe. I, I'm, I'm still leaning. Uh, the wide receiver, yeah, the rookie? The rookie. Okay. So, realistically, then, if we're expecting that they're going to take a wide receiver in one of, with one of those picks, then we're expecting that wide receiver is going to be the guy we want over Nico Collins. So, we're not, we wouldn't be in on Nico Collins, then I would say. If we're yeah, I'm, I'm seeing out. it more you likely. On, you on I have him on my team. So, yeah, I, so I, just, I just have to hope. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm but he's like one of those guys where like he's like one of those things where it's like, I'm, if I drop him and he becomes that guy for that team, we really mad. So, we're going to have to find somebody else that I know I have to drop him. We have to. Just kind of grid it out, but that's I guess I guess where I was kind of getting at is should we, you know, should there anything be done with him at the moment? And I think it's no, it's just kind of hold him. I yeah, guess if you have him, seeing, and you know, more optimism that, around the. If you got a believer, there's a believer in your league who you know thinks he's going to be the one and wants to pay wide receiver one prices. <laughs> and if they don't make a move to get a wide receiver with one of those first three picks, then I think you can get back on him but I guess that's kind of what it was was what was our our more our more expected outcome is he's going to be the two than a one on the team yes so if you want to get rid of him somebody who thinks differently we it, we would be in agreement with that all right moving along then to the Indianapolis Colts we talked about this earlier Frank Reich fired as the head coach because he's now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers as we mentioned in the last episode he was fired on November 7th that was a week after they had fired the offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady. ESPN analyst Jeff Saturday served as the interim head coach and went 1-7. He won his first game. He did he, like it. He I, did win his first game. I like the he's, title voice you're talking about. I mean, about he's in NFL history forever now. Yeah. A, the worst blown lead in NFL history. What is what it is, dude. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. You, know? you win some. Shout out the Colts for making history. Shout out Jeff Saturday for making history. Dude, they were getting roasted up on the internet today. I guess what, like, every time the Colts' incompetency comes up, it's like, it always goes back to luck. Aww. And his career ending so early. Talk about not having a backup plan. (laughs) Dude. They haven't had a backup plan in, in like, eight years. I was going to say, like, how many years do we give them before we we move on from, like, using Andrew Luck as an excuse? I mean, we're way past time. Yes, we're, we're, yeah, dude, get over it. Yeah. It is what it is. Get over it. It happens every day. Yeah. This kind of stuff, it's so crazy. Like, it would be like us, like, complaining about Kip Kelly. Like, you know. I don't know. Get over it. I don't know. It's easy when you're one of those. Like, bro, can you believe that Andy Reid hired Juan Castillo to to run the defense? Uh Uh-huh. Like, we'd still be mad about that. Like, come on. Like, my dad did not like that guy. You know, no one. That's why you think he still remember his name. I don't uh-huh. either. Yeah, <laughs> just heard. I heard him get yelled at on TV a lot. Yeah, it's often. No, that was a throwback there. That was a that was a throwback. So the Colts. Then, you know, obviously they need a quarterback. They don't have a new head coach yet. I imagine that will affect the direction they go at quarterback. They're tackling this in the draft, right? There's no way you bring in another veteran quarterback. I mean, you would think. But the Colts seem to, you know, operate under the assumption that, like, they can keep smashing their head against a brick wall and the brick wall will break. 
you know, not their skull. Their skull won't smack harder, dude. Yeah, that, that seems to be the mindset they're operating under. How many times are you going to keep trying to go get the veteran retreat quarterback and keep trying to make it work? Yeah. And like, like We riled on Frank Reich a ton earlier in the season, and the more I think about the situation, I feel bad for him. Yeah. Because, like... Dude, yeah, he's... And I feel bad for he's him, He's getting handed a pile of shit, yep. and they're telling him to sculpt Michelangelo. Yeah. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. It's that you don't... With the last job, he didn't have even enough time to... You had to spend... You had to be somewhere to build a culture. Like, it, you know... Like, you, come on. You need to at least be somewhere... X amount of time to do anything, you know? So I think that's the confusing part when you're looking at it because they just kept bringing in these veteran quarterbacks, and it seems like, again, there's a lot of talk where it seemed like Frank Reich was really the reason that they brought in Carson Wentz last year, and then, like, when that didn't go, it was like, oh, well, what do we do now? And it's like, you know, you're kind of on a short leash. Like, well, if I'm on a short leash, like, well, they didn't have the draft capital anyway, and if you're on a short leash, it's hard to bring in a rookie quarterback to try to save your job, so then they bring in another, but it's like, is that because Frank Reich was so in on them bringing in Carson and went and trading away those assets for it, in which case I could understand yeah. why Jim Irsay would be upset with him because he keeps trying to say he can do it with the veteran quarterbacks. He's and then part of what we're job, I was going to say part of what we were upset with the offense too was just like how just like the it didn't make any sense what they were doing out there. And I will say when Frank Reich was gone. They still like to get their third tight ends involved a lot. But in all fairness, that was because Jeff Saturday was the acting as the interim head coach. I'm not so sure Jeff Saturday didn't just pick up one of the players' playbooks that they were using under Frank Reich and say, hey, we're just going to keep rolling with this because I don't have – I'm an analyst. I don't have my own playbook. I got – I was at the bar on Saturday. I got hired on Wednesday. I don't know what I'm doing here. So It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you, you think about, like, I mean, winners and losers in the game week to week, but it just seems like they're getting nailmatched. Um the upper level, you know, even like who is assembling these teams? Was a what is the thought process going on here? You know, these are these are just regular people. They're, they're rich people, but they're just regular people making bad decisions. Also, you know, be Jim Mercy making these bad decisions. I mean, even you know, just down to the GM level. That's the like, thing too. Like we can we can point at the GM, but who's not to say that the owner is not mandating things? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's their team. We, we talk about Jerry all the time. You know, if Jim Mercy wants to keep rolling out a bottom feeder product, then like go for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, go that. ahead, man. Keep rolling out retreat quarterbacks and keep finishing in the bottom of your division. And you know, yeah, go for, go for you. more power to you, yeah. man. Go ahead, all, yeah. all day. Do what you want to do. Yep. So the Colts, so they have about twelve million in cap space. This is how you become the Browns. Some decent draft <laughs> capital. They've got all well, of their the original take picks. Too many quarterbacks. They draft too many. Free agents. They're really only losing. Don't draft enough. Paris Campbell <laughs> and Deion Jackson are becoming the free agents for the Indianapolis Colts. Not really losing a whole lot. That being said, you're then left with Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce as the top wide receivers for the Colts if you don't bring back Paris Campbell. It'd be really hard for me to bring back Paris Campbell anything other than like a minimum veteran deal with everything that's going on in his career. Put it down now. The Colts do whatever they do, whatever they can, to draft Will Levis. Colts will draft Will Levis. Yeah, that's what that's what we were talking about earlier. Colts will draft Will Levis. Yeah, we talked about that oh, very briefly last time. Uh, it's because he's like Carson yeah, Wentz? Because he's toolsy. Yeah, because that's what we're saying. He's going to try to argue that Saturday is not a tank commander. He's clearly a tank commander. No, he's not. They're going to draft their quarterback this year. Oh, oh, oh this they're, year they're yeah, going to go yeah. Levis. Levis is a good, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Levis is, is they're going to draft Levis. They're going to draft Levis. And you know, they're going to drive the tank for his first year. With the 6'5 dude who can move a little bit. He's got a strong arm, but you know, who seems to throw the ball to the defense way too much. Mm-hmm. Fumbles it a lot. 
If that's your belief, then so we know that. Can I bet that Jonathan bet Ta- that? <laughs> Jonathan Taylor recently had surgery to clean up some stuff in his ankle. He said he'll be good to go for training camp and all of that. What are what are our viewpoints then on Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. As far as next year, these were two guys. Jonathan Taylor obviously drafted to be drafted number one overall in a lot of leagues with a lot of expectations, but was injured, dealt with that all season, along with the ineffective offense. Do you think he'll be back? This is a guy who got beat out of Penn State by Sean Clifford. Like, are we serious? Sean Clifford beat him out of Penn State. (laughs) Sean Clifford's not even getting drafted. This is Will Levis we're talking about for everybody who's not following Rich's. What are we talking about here? 2021, his first year playing as a starting, actual starting quarterback. Uh Uh-huh. 24 picks, 13 interceptions, 2,800 yards. This year, 2,400 yards, 19 picks, 10 interceptions. That's so what? You're saying picks and interceptions. Touchdowns? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What was it? Sorry. Touchdowns. 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, okay. 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Got you. Does that mean then if Will Levis is the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, you're going to trade Michael Pittman? I mean, if someone wants him, I'll trade him right now because I know Will Levis is going there. <laughs> <laughs> want Michael Pittman? You want to make the bat? Let's do it. Let's get a trade done on the podcast right now. Anybody want Michael Pittman? Second round pick for Michael Pittman. Dude, you guys keep dealing with the, these Pittmans. I don't deal with Pittmans. You don't deal with Pittmans? I don't, you guys, both of you have already dealt with Pittmans Do you before. deal with Pacheco's? I might. I, 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 <laughs> do you deal with Pacheco's? I, listen, I never, I never deal with Pacheco's on pods, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do we have uh, to go over here outside the Colts? Tom Brady obviously retired. We talked about that or earlier. We gave him in the last episode. We gave him taps. They also fired Brian Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. We've got Mike Evans and Chris Goblin left there standing. Leonard Fournette likely to be a cap casualty. This is the point where you need to bail on Mike Evans. You need to be out. He's going to be thirty. He's going to be thirty, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Tom Brady is gone. They only have Kyle Trask under center there next season. This is, I don't know how I feel about Godwin with, we'll say. I don't think you can trade, I think you have to hold him. I don't think you can trade him. And I don't think you can, I don't think you should be going out to acquire him unless it's for cheap. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying. It's just like, man, I just wish he would be in a better situation. It's like, you know. uh, We know it's coming, though. What do they do? That's an interesting question, Tampa Bay. That is. Do they, do you press the full reset? Do you rebuild? Do you try and get a Jimmy G? Do you try and get, you know, a Derek Carr? Dude, I, I, if I'm them, I'm they like, are fifty-five million dollars over the cap. <laughs> they have the second oh. worst in cap space so in the NFL. So break it all down. It's got to be broken down yeah, and redone. So the question then is, if sell you're a Tampa Bay and you're breaking everything down to sell the house, though, are you is Godwin one of the pieces you're selling, or are you keeping I'm, him? I would definitely be selling like, Godwin. It, it, you know, if I'm they won a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. I think Mike Evans has to stay, probably retire as a Buck. If I'm, I'm, looking, yeah. I'm just putting myself in the position of the Bucks front office. Yeah, like I'm trying to keep Mike Evans. I like Chris Godwin, but Mike Evans is the one who stays, even though he's older. Yeah, but he's he's a fan favorite down there. Because you'll get more. Yeah. Else, you'll probably get more for trading Chris Godwin. Yes. Than he yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Fournette probably is a cap casualty and a cut. I don't know if he's yeah. under contract or not, but if he is, I imagine he's cut. Um, yeah, get yeah. Start getting what you can get out of your guys and start. Yeah, yeah. They they got a lot of work to do because the fifty five million over the cap is a ton. Yeah, I mean, did they just lost the goat? 
like how much has he? I mean, obviously, this last year wasn't as much the same Tom Brady as we've seen before, but I mean, he's still Tom Brady. And that is like having Tom Brady in your locker room, which just completely changes the entire organization, you know, from what you said, wait, Brian Leftwich got fired, right? Yep. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, a, I think, all question marks until week one. We'll have no idea, really, like, where they could be terrible, or they could also be, I wouldn't say great, but I there's no way to make playoffs next year, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah. There's... They've got too much to do. Like Making the playoffs in the wild card position will be overachieving. Let's keep it real. Is that, yeah. In that division, anything can happen right Okay, now. fair, fair. I mean, we're talking about the Saints, who also don't have a quarterback at the moment. Um, the Panthers, who don't I feel, have a quarterback at the moment. I feel the, the Falcons, who we you know don't have don't a quarterback have, at the moment. Quarterback, yeah. so, but I feel like all of those teams are closer because they've actually been working towards a somewhat of a rebuild at the moment, whereas the Bucks are literally at the point where they are just now starting to tear down, whereas yeah. these other teams yeah. should already be a leg or two up. And in all honesty, if the Bucks didn't get one or two BS calls during the season, they wouldn't have won that division. They won a game that was handed to them that they shouldn't have won against the Falcons, and that changes well, a lot of the things. The script called By, for it. Right. <laughs> By the way, keep working that in there. If, yeah. you, if <laughs> Godwin... If Godwin is traded pre-June 1st, so for everyone who doesn't know, the difference between a pre-June 1st and a post-June 1st, if you trade somebody pre-June 1st, you have that money available for you in cap space to spend in free agency. So if you're trying to spend in free agency, that's what you do. If you designate someone as a post-June 1st trade, you don't get that money to spend in free agency. I'm, technically, you can still f- sign free agents after you get that money, but the money doesn't go onto your cap until after June 1st. So you wouldn't be able to sign people with that money until after then. So with that being said, Chris Godwin, if prior to Ju- is traded prior to June 1st, would save just under $9 million on cap space. Mike Evans would tra- save just a little over 2 If you switch it and it's just a matter of trying to save money to get under the cap space or you're not looking to spend in free agency, you do this post June 1st, trading Chris Godwin would free up $20 million and trading Mike Evans would free up $14.5 million. So either way, you still gain more money if you trade Chris Godwin away to another team. Just going back to what we said, it seems likely that Chris Godwin may be going to another team. Would you then be looking possibly to buy a little lower on Chris Godwin at the moment with the whole negativity of people who maybe just aren't looking as deep in this and thinking Chris Godwin is going to be on that team this season and it's going to be a bad season. Do you maybe try to go in and acquire him with the expectation that he's going to get traded to another team that needs a wide receiver? Is the, or am I going way it's too, you're going way way too deep? Very risky. Yeah. You're, it's very risky. Yeah. That, that's You could end up holding the bag. Now, say you end up paying... I don't know. What are you comfortable giving up for Chris Godwin in that scenario? Let's start with uh, a mid-second round pick. Are we giving up a mid-second round pick to acquire Chris Godwin at the I moment? I mean, as a buyer, yeah, but yeah. as a seller, I don't know if that's getting it done. No, okay. not at all. I don't, I don't think we're in that range. If you're selling him, then what's the minimum you'd be selling him for? You're, you're looking for a first. Yeah, you're, lo- you're looking for a late first. first. Late first. Minimum, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Late first, and then you're going to maybe a supplemental pick like later in the draft or something like that. You're not getting two firsts or whatever. So, no. Uh, you get one first so. and maybe a 24 second or something. Like something that's further down the line. What's he valued at on KTC? 
Let's take a quick look. Let's take a quick look. Because, yeah, I can tell you if that's what people are looking at as far as value, then, yeah, I'm not buying in on that either because that's yeah. steep, right? That's it's steep, steep yeah. yeah. I might be willing to give up a second this year and a second next year, but I don't know that I can give up the first and the set. Like, and again, my scenario is more just like not, you know, obviously it's not going to work on us on this podcast, but, you know, you're in those leagues with people that just don't, like, they're not looking at spot track and trying to bring up the contracts and looking at all these free agents. and you know, They're just in the, the – So here's how it goes. O- overall, adjacent players, number 58 is a 2023 late first. 59 um, is Chris Godwin and 60 is George Pickens. Let's say a, a 2023 late, late first is literally right there. Yeah, it's literally right next to it. 5284 and 5262. So that's why. So that's why when I said mid second, I was saying try to come in a little low to get him. If I can get him for somewhere around there, or maybe even like an early second, that's not you know like the first pick in the second round or something like that, I might be willing to do it. Also, obviously, would affect depending on where your team is, all that. But oh, yeah, yeah I, th- I guess I. So I guess it's ultimately then no, the price for you if you're trying to buy him is higher than you know the what you're willing to pay, and the sellers if they're not going to come down off that, then that's. Where you're stuck at. So, no, you're not trying to acquire him then in the hope that he gets traded to a new team. What? Now, again, the problem is if in the if you know in the free agency hits and then he actually does get traded to a team where a wide receiver is needed, then his value is going to go up extensively. Or, but then you could also, if you have him, you could trade him at that point and get a, you know, sell him on the new optimism and not have to worry about it. Wow. I just, I'm just looking at one QB rankings for uh, KTC. A.J. Brown's five. Overall, okay, it's kind of surprising. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, like, no, what is that? For sure, that's surprising. There. All right, there are some other minor changes here and there. We talked about the Chargers earlier. Change in bringing Kellen and more. They're they're over the cap as well. I think they're kind of stuck with the wide receivers: Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. I don't know. If that's enough. I'd be nervous about those guys next season. Los Angeles Rams, McVay and Stafford both said they'll be back. They don't have a first-round pick. They do have a second-round pick. They're $14 million over the cap, though. they got to eat all of them. Yeah, they're, they're, got. they're suffering, Offensive line. suffering from success right now, I'll tell you what. Yeah. And they might bring it. I, they can't even bring anybody in for fourteen million over. Yeah, the they cap. got they got their they got the ring. They, they got the ring. Yeah, I can see them maybe bringing in like Alan Lazard or Michael Harmon to try to bring another veteran wide receiver in there besides Van Jefferson and what's the name and get rid of Alan Robinson. It, no, it's it not Alan to improve the still under contract. I think they're. I don't know that they can keep. I, I think those <laughs> contract may be structured in a way that they can get out of it or need to get out of it anyway. If not, then yeah, they're in deep doo doo bringing back Alan Robinson, Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson as their three guys. Not that. Really, the other guys I mentioned were a significant improvement, but I just think something different, something maybe a little more reliable or steady, maybe something different than Allen Robinson is essentially what I was getting at because it seemed like Matthew Stafford doesn't want him in there. Yeah, but it's not even just that. It's like the the skill sets are kind of redundant. Like Allen Robinson, you know, he was working a lot in the middle of the field, the outsides. He was not not really a great deep ball guy. Like what does Cooper Cup do? He works the inside of the field. The outside of the field, he hasn't really not a great deep ball guy. Uh-huh. They, they need to bring in somebody to take the top off the defense. Right. A little bit better than Van Jefferson. They'll bring in one of these so rookie hard, guys we were talking about that are standing out. And somebody. Yeah, can't. somebody yeah. is, they need to bring it. They need to change that element up. Allen Robinson didn't bring them anything else that they didn't have already. You right. know what I'm saying? Okay. And... Tennessee's got some work that they're going to do. They're twenty-three million over the cap. I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to have to draft wide receivers, is what I would say. I'm out on any pass cap. I'm out on anybody that's not Derrick Henry on the Tennessee Titans, unless they invest significant draft capital in a wide receiver, which I think they're going to. Traylon Burks. Traylon. 
right, just you gotta, you gotta, gotta get over the Traylon Burks thing. It's, I don't think it's gonna happen. We're not gonna talk about, about him. Right I'm now. gonna beat the drum. For regardless of that, year. regardless of that, there's no other wide receiver on the team. They're gonna have to get another wide receiver on that team, and I'd be interested in that guy. That's where I'm at. You're on Traylon Burks, even if they grab another guy. Got it. <laughs> Washington, another team that's gonna need a quarterback. Yeah, there's just a lot of teams competing for quarterbacks. So, again, that's why Will Levis is going to go earlier on than Rich is wanting to because there's five, six teams that need a quarterback, and there's only about two, three available in free agency and then a couple available in the draft. I think Derek Carr or – honestly, I think Baker Mayfield could be the new quarterback for the Washington Commanders. I don't know how you feel about how that does to the rest of the players on that team. but I mean, we know know the story. The wide receivers will mean nothing. and the offense will probably stink. Uh, so if Washington wants to do that, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's just the truth. I mean, he hasn't shown been able to establish a connection with a wide receiver yet. Who? Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah. It's been spotty at best. Yep. Yep. That's everything, unless there's any free agents. We didn't talk about any point that you guys wanted to mention. I think we pretty much hit all of the major free agents at some point or another. Um... There's yeah. so a few other minor offensive co- coaching changes we don't really need to get into. Bill O'Brien of the New England don't need oh, to. Oh, that's go a big that. one. That's a big. We, we didn't talk about that because that's they don't have a defensive coordinator calling plays now. Yeah, they had Matt Patricia, defensive guy calling plays. It's asinine. They lost Jacoby Myers. Damian Harris also a free agent. They could of course bring those guys back, but at the moment we're looking at a very thin wide receiving core. Ramondre Stevenson's the only viable fantasy option. Bill O'Brien. You know, everybody hated him because he was a GM. The right. Bill O'Brien, the coach, was fine. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't know what. Pretty, I think that's that's good for the Patriots skill players, the Patriots offense as a whole. Man. Bill O'Brien strikes me as another one of those guys that doesn't want a star on his team, and so he's going to ship them out, which is perfect for being in New England, but for fantasy purposes, it doesn't help us. I think we want Ramondre Stevenson, and that's it. Fair. Fair. We'll, we'll see. Word. Okay, that's going to be everything from us. I apologize. This was not a shorter episode. <laughs> Sorry for everybody out there. It was a bold-faced lie. But until next time, you can follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs. We are, of course, our sp- podcast goes out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm Ryan McNichols. Oh, Jeff. Oh, go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Later. <laughs>